is Bad Boys and Beyond with your hosts, Mike Payton and Keith Black Trudeau. The game's over and the Pistons have won the world championship. Welcome to Fooshnickens and Beyond. No, I'm kidding. Welcome to Bad Boys and Beyond. We have a very big show today. We have our first guest ever. First, I am Mike Payton, your host, and with me as always is Keith Black Trudeau. And with us today is the Director of Marketing at Platinum Equity and former Detroit Pistons beat writer from the Detroit Free Press, Mr. Vince Ellis. Vince, thank you for joining us today. What's up, guys? And just for your listening audience going, what is Platinum Equity? That is the private equity firm where or founded by Tom Gorse, who owns the Pistons. So that's just to give people that uh, I have to, I always have to do that explainer myself. I say I'm the director of marketing at Platinum Equity. And you can see the look on their faces like, <laughs> so I have a feeling that part about it. Then they realize when I tell them that's the private equity firm founded by Tom Gorse, then they get it. Yep, and, and if and if you don't know what that is, also you could just look on the Pistons court and there's the logo right there. You can't miss it. Boom. That's even better. <laughs> they fork over the money to pay for that space. Yes. <laughs> so uh today we're gonna be drafting uh the 1992 NBA draft, and we've got a lot of guys in here. Shaq and 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 Zoe and Christian Leitner are obviously the, the top three in this uh draft that everybody was thinking about at the time. But before we get into that. Let's spend a little bit of time talking about the current Detroit Pistons who are coming off uh, a, a pretty pretty big weekend, a pretty big Halloween day and a, and, a, and a big Sunday where they beat the defending champion Golden State Warriors and then took the Milwaukee Bucks to the limit. Keith, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the Pistons kind of turning things around and starting to look pretty good? Well, it, it's hard to say for a 2-6 and six team that they, they, they've turned it around, but I, I think they, they took – look – Let's let's start off the beginning of the week. Uh, both games against the Hawks, I thought they got worked over. Even the first game was close, but I thought it was close because the Hawks played poorly, not because the the Pistons played well. Uh, the Warriors game and the Warriors aren't very good right now. They haven't won a road game this season, but they're still the Warriors. They were still relatively healthy. Beating them is a big thing, and I thought the Pistons played maybe their best game of the season. It wasn't a perfect game by any means, but they they played really well, and. I think most people, including myself, were expecting expecting them to get blown out in Milwaukee, who still hasn't lost a game yet this season. They're the only undefeated team left, I believe. And it looked that way for a half. And I thought what was really encouraging is, uh, you know, on the back end of a back-to-back on the road against maybe the NBA's best team, you know, they, they scratched and they clawed and they, they fought their way back. And that's what you want to see from a, a young developing team is you're going to lose games, but you want to make the other team really work for it if it's if, – the other team is just better, which Milwaukee is. Um, I, I think you're seeing Cade. I, I thought he, he took a few more three-pointers than I would have liked last game, but that's Milwaukee. The, defending the rim is what they do best. Uh, but I, I thought you see him developing his, uh, his mid-range, which I think is going to be him, his bread and butter throughout most of his career, uh, because that that's with it, especially with his body being able, like six seven, six 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 point guard, being able to get to that elbow 
and he's really, really good at it already. Um, I, you're, you're seeing that that's to me is, was the biggest development for me from this past weekend was, was seeing Cade really settle in to his comfort zone. I think for what his talent level is, what you're going to see from him for the next 10 years. Vince, do you have any thoughts on the, uh, the Pistons recent games? Well, I, Again, like I said, uh, Keith said it best. The last two games have been really encouraging. Um, <coughs> pardon me there. Tough to a slow start. Obviously, uh, I think people's expectations may have been a little bit higher than probably what they warranted. I don't know if this, the two people, two gentlemen that I'm talking to on this podcast right now fall into that category, but definitely from looking, taking the temperature of uh, Twitter. But one thing I would say is this, you know, um, I like the – way Isaiah's come along. I like the way Sadiq has shown some growth in this game. Um, Cade, obviously, right now, looks like he's taking a little step. So and I guess all you can ask is for young players to get better. Um, Ivy, I was impressed by him last night because, you know, me he's had like a little Twitter exchange about it. I was thinking about, you remember all those times that Andre Drummond would try to like power and dunk on Brooke Lopez and that drop cover at the rim and continually get his the yeah. ball stuffed in his face almost like it would happen like at least three or four times a game. Uh, and Ivy went in there and, you know, he had his struggles down there, but there were several occasions where he had a plan. Um, I actually finished over uh, Brooke Lopez one time, uh, making Lopez commit and powering through him. Uh, so it shows you he either is following the scouting report or he's or he follows the NBA himself, so, which is a good, good, a good thing to have if you're a young player anyway. So, I just think it's been really encouraging so far for what you've gotten so far. Um, again, the thing about it is next offseason, the cap space, maybe potentially another lottery pick. Uh, I think all, uh, all the pressure is truly on the franchise then to show signs of growth. But right now, uh, I would say uh, there, is, there are more encouraging signs than there are bad signs. Yeah, I would have, I would have to totally agree with both what you guys are saying. And uh, it seems like, um, you know, passive Cade died in Washington and superstar Cade was born. And, you know, the, the, a few days later when they played the Hawks, because he is just, he's playing the best ball of his career right now. And he's just, he looks like the number one pick that you expected him to be. And, and he, he might even become, you know, like a full blown superstar. He's playing like an all-star right now. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And I, I, I have no doubt that he, this kid is going to continue to get better. And Jaden Ivy is just wows me with, his uh his confidence and uh just kind of going to the like he took he took drew holiday to the to the rim uh to the hole last night like like he was uh like drew was some guy that you know was a g league player last year not some guy who's been in the league for many years uh drew, drew had his moments last night but yeah if, if you if you make the mistake of giving Jaden ivy that first step you're not going to catch up to him he's just gonna be it's like the road runner he's gonna be gone yeah but i yeah when he learns to control it, that speed, he's gonna be he's gonna yeah. be incredible. And I don't know if it's gonna last, but he shot, shot, shot the ball better than I thought he would so far as well from, from three. Who's that? Who? Ivy. He oh, has wow. to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Matter of yeah. fact, forty percent up until last night. Yeah. So it's it's everything else. The um, he, he still has a lot to work on as far as like an in between game. You can tell he really doesn't have a whole lot there. Once like they cut him off and. He has to either revert to a floater or some other kind of counter. But, you know, that's 19. <laughs> Give him an offseason, he'll probably figure that out too. So, Yeah. But I mean, the potential with him is just 
through the roof enormous, which is, yeah, it, it's so encouraging that we're getting so much. I didn't even mention Ivy because I think he's been good since day one. He's been the one, I, th I think he's arguably been the most consistent player, you know, for the first uh, six games uh, or eight games because Definitely. he's been, I would yeah, agree with that. I, I think, he, yeah, and it's for a rookie. And, and I think he's been the, Maybe I mean, look, he hasn't been great all eight games, but you know he's been yeah. consistently good. He hasn't the been dreadful one yeah, game yet. He has, <laughs> he has a game like last night. You don't even think to mention it because it's like, oh, that's it's another Jaden Ivey game. Yeah, yeah. But well, one more thing before we start, and you reminded me of this. Man, shout out to Isaiah Stewart. He was guarding Giannis last night, like, and he I actually he played very well last job. night. Yeah, he did a credible job of it. Like, I would, I don't know his the numbers, but I would. Uh, wager that Giannis shot under 50% with Stewart guarding him. I, I, I'm betting that's the case. And if that, is, if that is, then that's really the most you can expect from anyone in the league. Well, and for Stewart, I, I, I really love his game and I, I've really staked my, my own reputation on, on this because I, I, I talk about how good he is and how people don't notice the things that he does on the court. Every a lot of good things. Time I well, uh, he's physically equipped to actually deal with Giannis because he's strong and he moves his feet well. And because he has those two things going for him, um, he's able to kind of physically match up with Giannis, whereas either Giannis can either out quick most big guys yeah. or overpower when smaller guys get him. He, uh, Stewart is actually one of the few people probably that actually matches up okay with him. Uh, obviously, Giannis is going to get his and arguably one of the, the best players in the world. But uh, Isaiah does have a lot of natural gifts where he can actually like slow out maybe Giannis a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And God forbid the Pistons ever become a, a 51 team down the road, not this season, but down the road. Like how valuable is a guy like Stewart in the playoffs, a guy that you can stick on Giannis and I, maybe he doesn't shut up, but he can guard him credibly. Like the, how many guys have a guy that can do that in the entire league? Not many. Yeah, and I think the shot's going to come to, you know, he's not, you know, having a whole, a whole lot of luck there now. But I think, I just, I think the stroke's solid. And I just think it's going to, he's going to yeah. get payoff. Pay yeah, the shot looks good. It's just, yes. he's missing right now. And I don't yeah. care about, I care about the process. Keep, like, keep shooting it. Keep shooting yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with you. 100. All right. Yep. Well, that uh, that's that's going to wrap up our talk about the current Pistons. We're going to go ahead and jump into the 1992 uh, Pistons because if we don't do that now, we're gonna we're gonna wind up talking about the rest of the season game by game. <laughs> uh, so before we, so here we are, June 24th, 1992. Keith, set the table. Uh, give us some news and notes on this draft. So the 1992 draft, at least to me, this is when the the NBA that I. Uh, really grew up watching the modern NBA. This, this begins really in this 92 draft. Um, is even like the NBA of the nineties, this is where it begins to me. Uh, uh, this is the, the very first draft, the NBA after 91 takes their event on the road. Um, like people might remember. And they, this is the first draft outside of the New York, New Jersey uh, metro area. They, they, they actually held this one in Portland. I'm not sure why, uh, but they held it in Portland. Uh, this was the first, uh, draft since the NBA draft became an event in the late 80s that there was a generational uh, obvious number one prospect that everyone couldn't shut up about. And this was actually one of the uh, deepest drafts ever. Uh, 52, uh, uh, 52 players in this draft played in the NBA. Uh, by comparison, in the 91 draft, only 44 players ever played in the NBA from the 91 draft. So the 92 draft was not just top-heavy, 
uh, there was a lot of talent really all the way deep into the second round. And the Hornets uh, nearly pulled off, you know, after getting the number one pick uh, the year before, they got the rookie of the year in Larry Johnson. They won 31 games uh, and nearly jumped all the way up from the eighth spot uh, all the way up to the first spot. If you recall, it, it was Orlando and Charlotte uh, sitting on pins and needles waiting to see who would get Shaq. It wound up being Orlando, but the fact is, you know, Charlotte played, did improve a lot uh, that, that previous year, and they still wound up with the number two pick. So that's something to remember for, for uh, Piston fans that are listening to this. Um, you know, winning 30 games isn't necessarily a death sentence. It, it's all about luck in the end. So there you go. Uh, Victor Weminyana to the Pistons next year regardless of how many games they win. Uh, so, all right, let's jump right into it. I have the first pick this week. I'm uh, representing the Orlando Magic, and I am going to shock the world by picking the guy who actually got picked number one overall, the star of Kazam and Steel uh, and Blue Chips and <coughs> Scary Movie 4, LSU's Shaquille O'Neal I mean it's a no-brainer he's a Hall of Famer he's maybe one of the top three four greatest centers to ever play the game I think you know I mean it's it's easy you know there's Bill Russell there's Wilt and then there's Shaq Uh, that's 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 what it is uh I I can't see why I would go any other way here but Keith you said you would have a rebuttal I, I, I'm not necessarily, I just had something to think about. Like, as you said, Shaq, um, Hall of Fame player. He's in my top 10 centers of all time. He's maybe the greatest offensive player, offensive producer that I've personally seen in my lifetime. Uh, maybe LeBron has an argument. But Shaq was just, you couldn't guard him. I don't care who you throw at me. Like, Shaq had defensive problems, but nobody could guard him, ever. Not one-on-one, not without a significant amount of help. Now, I would ask you, um, knowing what you know about his time in Orlando, you know he's going to leave in four years. You're going to get four years of, of prime all-NBA dominant Shaquille O'Neal. Would you rather have that or would you rather have, say, 10 years of Alonzo Mourning? No, I would Because st- Alonzo, you're going to have a much better chance. The Los Angeles Lakers are not going to roll out the red carpet for Alonzo Mourning. No, I mean, you're right, but like, I'm still taking Shaq because I'm the Orlando Magic. I've only been in existence for like two years. Shaq's going to put me on the map. Shaq's going to make Orlando like the league pass team, even though I don't think league pass was even around at this point. But like everybody is going to be wearing Orlando Magic jerseys. I mean, I grew up in Detroit and I had an an Orlando Magic Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Like uh, you saw him all over the place. He was was making the team money, putting it on the the map. Okay. I want to ask a question. are we considering the success they had? I mean, yes. there was yeah, he was successful. Yeah, he we're left. Looking, I mean, looking. but they made the finals. I mean, they were. Yeah. he was good for them. He was great for them. So, um, if you if if you take it from the fact you did reach the finals one year with Shaq at least, and make the conference finals one other year with Shaq, I mean, I think it's no brainer. I mean, yeah. you just you just being a contrarian, I know yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. But I mean, it's just a no brainer. That was a great year of SC, SC basketball. Was a quick aside. Uh, I actually uh, remember uh, Shaq, Stanley Roberts, Chris Jackson coming to Memorial Coliseum at the University of Alabama. And it was an event. That was truly an event. The place was packed. Uh, so yeah, Shaq. Um, uh, that team never went anywhere. But man, they uh, uh, definitely was a headlines team. The LSU teams, the Shaq playoff. 
Yeah, no, I, I look, I, I would still in your position, Mike, I would go with Shaq as well. I it's just something to think about. Like it because you know, after Shaq leaves Orlando, it, it's just nothing. Even though the other four guys are still there, they they fell off the map. Penny's yeah. so injuries too. Something hurt. That, Penny got hurt. Yeah, just injuries yeah. to Penny. Yeah. But you again with hindsight, we know that's coming anyway. Um, all right. So myself, uh having the number two pick in this draft. Uh, I'm going to be a massive hypocrite uh, and take Alonzo Mourning because the, the Charlotte Hornets are only going to get three years out of Alonzo Mourning and never get out of the, the second round. However, I, I, I have two things going in my favor here that one, um, they don't lose him for nothing. They get, they get prime Glenn Rice, who not, not Alonzo Mourning, but he leads the Hornets to 50 some win seasons uh, on his own. Uh, and also I think the drop off, between behind Alonzo the morning is almost as big as the drop off behind Shaq and Alonzo. So there's no, I can't really justify any other pick here, but uh, Alonzo morning who started his career, I want to say 15 and 0 against the Pistons, something like that until Grant Hill uh, dunked him up into oblivion. Uh, just one of the ultimate piston killers uh, of all time. Uh, and I, I still like him, which is that says a lot about how good he was as a player. Uh, now, Keith, would the you, number three would, pick. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. Keith, would you rather have three years of Alonzo Mourning or ten years of Don McLean? You really have to ask yourself that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have to think about that very long. Um, so, yeah, with the uh, with the number three pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, are on the board. Uh, Vince, you have the floor. You know what? This is an interesting pick. You know, it's funny. I. I let my employer with my employers with that platinum equity know what I was doing tonight. Just if this shows up in the, in the, uh, uh somewhere in the atmosphere, they at least know, it won't be surprised. Like what is Vince doing on podcasts and stuff, but they're aware of this stuff, obviously from my former life that I'm asked to do things like this from time to time. Um, uh, but, uh, it set off the bait. Like with one of my bosses, like he's a form Robert Ory guy. <gasps> But that being said, he also lives in L.A., so that might explain why he may be a former Robert Ory guy. But I'm going to go with Terrell Sprewell. Um, it's funny, I know both those guys, obviously, as a University of Alabama guy. I covered both of those guys at the University of Alabama. But by uh, when you look at, uh, I think the deciding factor was he was the, one of the best players on a team that made the NBA Finals. I know he lost in five games to the Spurs in 99. Um and he's kind of like always with the obviously with the PJ Collison thing. It was kind of always with a six-day game suspension and all the controversy around him. Then there was the yacht incident, stuff like that. There was always seemed to be something around him, which is kind of surprising. With you know, he's always a pretty quiet guy at the University of Alabama. But you know, he still has that finals run. Um, and then when you look at him, how he stats statistically, I mean, he he had stats, he could he can get a bucket. So um, I'm gonna go with Latrell Sprewell. It's funny. Uh, my one more Alabama story. Uh, he came to Alabama as like a junior college guy. Really didn't have a whole lot of uh, uh, um, uh, like uh, notice. You know, he was just kind of like a throw-in in that recruiting class. And his first year there, he kind of was a defensive stopper guy, but he kept playing better and better and better. I remember legendary coach Alabama coach Wimp Sanderson. He said famously. Dad, it was like about 20 games in, I realized he's one of our best players. So uh didn't say a whole lot. Um again, again, he had a really good second year at University of Alabama, so which led him to being drafted in the first round. So um I go with the trail pretty well. That's the third pick after considering 
Robert Ori and Christian Leitner, who went third. Christian Leitner, so. Yeah, you can't. I can't really say anything about this. Um, yeah, uh, Leitner, good player. Robert Ori, I'm, I'm getting a feeling we'll disagree on him when he's eventually picked. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, Spreewell, I think clearly the third most talented player in this draft. Uh, people remember him from his Knicks days, but people forget how good he was in Golden State. Oh, he was really good. Like, he was very his good. His second year in the league. His second year in the league. He led the league. He averaged 43 minutes a game. The man never got tired. He never he got was, tired. Yep. He was at, at the Alabama who played the entire game. And like, yeah, just whips it about that, it. That's this guy never got tired. That, good. Yeah, that motor. Yeah. And People uh, that that weird '94 season when Jordan was out of the league, uh, his his spot on the All NBA team was wide open. Latrell Sprewell in his second year was first All NBA two guard. That and, and he never made another All NBA team again. It was people look at it as kind of a fluke, uh, but I personally I just think the, the this, he never found the right situation because that was the year he had Chris Webber and Chris Mullen. That was a legitimately good Warrior team, and then he never really found a home after that until the Knicks. Uh, but yeah, I, it, Spreewell personally, whatever. I have nothing but good things to say him about him as a player. Uh, very, very fun player to that watch. The whole choking the coach thing. But hey, Latrell said I didn't choke him that hard. He it was he could breathe and everything. <laughs> PJ had you, it coming. You saw the picture of PJ's neck, right? Like, uh, I, I, I think he might disagree. All right. <laughs> oh. All right, so uh, we're spinning back around. All uh, right. Mike, well, you were, you were the fourth pick with the um, one of the worst rosters in NBA history, the yes. 92 93 Dallas Mavericks. It's it's a very bad team, but I do want to touch on Latrell Sprewell for just a second. Uh, normally, I would fact check this, but I'm going to throw my journalistic, journalistic ethics out the window and say that Latrell Sprewell created spinner rims. I'm almost certain of it. Okay. Oh. They were called. Okay, I missed they, that one. They yeah, were called I, I, Spreewells for a while. I remember. Uh, I'll fact check it later. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I, you know, this might be the coolest thing you've ever said on here. If it's I, true. I think. Oh. I think. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll wait till later and I'll fact check it. Yeah, uh, I, but, I'm, I'm, that went way over my head. As, as you mentioned, the the Dallas Mavericks are incredibly bad. Derek Harper is the only guy left on this team, and he's not going to be here much longer. Uh, they originally would take Jim Jackson, and I thought about doing that uh, here, but I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to get them a, a, a big man who can uh, get some points and, and get some rebounds. Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, North Carolina State's Tom Gugliotta here. Uh, 13 points a game, seven wow. 7.3 rebounds per game during his career. Uh, he's easily one of the better players in this draft. I, I mean, you know, it, th that time during uh, uh, with the Timberwolves, he was he was one of the best players in the league there for a minute. Uh, maybe not one of the best, but he was like he was a, he was a decent guy who could get you twenty points a game there for a little while. I'm he taking, was an All Star for a minute. Yeah, and he was right in nineteen ninety seven. He made the All Star team. Okay, so yeah, I, look, the Mavericks are going to be got. One, I say this every podcast. The '90s Mavericks were probably the worst decade of NBA NBA, NBA franchise in history. That's a strong um, statement, so, man. <laughs> I just they, they were just the so process the Sixers. Thing, the process Sixers were pretty I, bad. I, yeah, the, the, you, you, it was really really close. No, I think what makes the Mavericks worse was they had legitimately good talent on that team. 
and they were still so aggressively bad because none of the good players that they had even wanted to be there. I think that's what puts them over for me. Like if you're trying to lose, I don't. I think I think it's almost worse to try to win and win nine games or ten games or whatever they did this season than than like try to be bad and win like twelve. Um. All right. So uh, up next we have the the Denver Nuggets and. If this is the actual 92 draft, they're celebrating right now in that war room uh, because the one of the greatest college players of all time is still on the board. And I am going to take him right now. Christian Leitner goes number five to the Denver Nuggets. And originally they took Lavonzo Ellis at this spot, who I fun player, but never really could get a handle on his, his injury problems. I think it was back, I think was his problem. Uh, yeah, uh, explosive player just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Christian Leitner putting him next to the Kemi Matumbo, I think that's a wonderful high low combination. I think Matumbo, as you saw in Atlanta, uh, he covered up a lot of Christian Leitner's defensive problems. Uh, this Denver team is, is, is bound to make a big splash in a couple of years, so I, I'm thinking Leitner might actually help them go a little bit further. So I, I'm really, I'm really talking myself into this one. All right, so uh, up next, number six, we have the Washington Bullets. There's still the Bullets at this point. Uh, Vince, once again, you are up. And quick, Leighton was a better player than people make him out to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's one thing people think of him as a bust. I don't know if he qualifies as a bust. He's an all-star. Yeah, he was an all-star, exactly. An all-star? Yep. Ugh. Where do I go next? You know... If you want to look at like things like you know longevity, um, and and I'd love to tell you the bullet the team that the bullets have right now, but the team that the bullets have are honestly is honestly crap. So best player available, like there's no real like fit here. Like, yeah, you know, I could take like Jim Jackson, but I wouldn't do that after taking Latrell Sprewell. Um, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna go with just to double check one other thing before I call make that call. Go ahead, take your time. Uh, clock here. You know what? Winning player with a really good teams. I'm gonna go with PJ Brown. That's not a bad pick. I mean, I I think I might have considered him at seven. Yeah, uh, you know. Played a long time, a lot of good winning teams, you know, a tough interior defender, a shot blocker, just a good winning basketball player. Did all a lot of the dirty work and stuff that saw the real talented players he played with could like really excel. So I I, I liked him. I always, I always enjoyed him as a player when he did play. So um, I'm going to go with P.J. Brown. Yeah, Pat Riley also loved him too. That was just – I mean, he's one of those quintessential like – uh, Pat Riley type players, just yeah, like you said, uh, decent mid range jumper, but for the most part, uh, defensive menace worked his ass off. Um, also, Winning player. wasn't he the guy? Yeah, wasn't he the guy that flipped over? Um, God, who started that brawl in '97 with um, my? Wasn't that PJ Brown that started it with Miami, New York in that playoff game? Wasn't he the one that like flipped over John Starks or somebody? Yeah, I think he was. I'm gonna, I'm You've got a great memory. I remember the fight. I, think, I don't remember him starting. 
remember. Well, I think I, I could have sworn he was the guy that got two games while everyone else got one game. I mean, I, I'll go back and check on that after I pick. Uh, but so the Sacramento Kings and uh, typical Sacramento, um, they are the Mitch Richmond show. And the best player on my board is Jim Jackson, who plays the same damn position and is nowhere near as good as Mitch Richmond. Uh, so, God, this was in. I think I almost definitely would have picked PJ Brown here. And yeah, it was, Mitch it was tough. You yeah. skipped. You skipped. You skipped me, Keith. <laughs> Did I? Yep. I I, oh, I, I, I had the Kings pick. Oh, thank you. Well, it's your problem now, Mike. But guess what? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to take Jim Jackson. But before we get into that, I do I want to circle back to the Spreewell thing. I looked it up. He did not create he did not create spinner rims, but the the world was basically introduced to spinner rims when uh he was on an episode of MTV Cribs and he took them out to show everybody their hit cars and he showed them the spinner rims on one of his cars and then it like exploded in popularity. So that's 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 where Latrell Sprewell comes in with the spinners. Um, so there's that. Uh, Jim Jackson to the Kings. I mean, he's the best player left on the board. Uh, like, you got to do it. The Kings are such a bad team at this point. I think the best player on their team is uh, Mitch Richmond, obviously. But the second best player is what? Lionel Simmons. I mean, it's 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 pretty bad at this time. So uh, uh, easy pick. A layup there for me. Jim Jackson. Yep, it was PJ. I just looked at it. It was PJ Brown flipping Charlie Ward into the stands. That's what started okay. the brawl. That's I, I, now it's coming back to me. <laughs> yep, that 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 brawl that like changed like that's the to this day. You know, you have coaches like pulling at guys anytime something touches off. Do not get off the bench. Here's a question: um, If 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 Charlie Ward played today, would he pick basketball or football? I think he would have picked football. I have to agree almost because he charlie uh charlie brown charlie ward is like a 90s point guard right he's like the physical game manager like i don't think he would be as valued today uh, as a basketball player but as a football player i think he'd be more valued because he, he's the, like a kyler murray yeah. kind of rpo yeah. he's yep. bigger than tyler when he like six two six three i think when it's about his size i can't remember correctly yeah we're running more college stuff today in the nfl than we did 20 30 years ago so i i think that's a great point Okay, so it just dawned on me. <laughs> no, that's actually I, I like that. Uh, I, I like that question. That was pretty good. Um, so the Milwaukee Bucks, who unlike the Kings, do not have Mitch Richmond. They do not have anybody. Uh, so I'm under no pressure whatsoever here. Uh, with Jim Jackson off the board, uh, I am going to look. There's no one here that's going to change my fortunes. Um, I don't have five Hall of Famers on my team, so I don't need a, a guy that's going to hit one shot a game. Uh, Man, there, there's there's some fun, like, role players on here. Uh, But I'm going to do the the smart... I, I, I'm going to do the, the prudent thing. I'm going to select Doug Christie. Uh, The exact opposite of a crowd-pleasing player, but you know what? I, I know I'm going to have those guys coming. I know I got Glenn Robinson coming. I know I'm going to have Ray Allen coming. Uh, Terrell Brandon and later on Sam Cassell. I need defense. I know I'm going to need defense. That team couldn't guard anybody. Uh, and Doug Christie, one of the quintessential blue guys of his uh, generation, really. Uh, very good defender. Uh, could score a little bit, but that wasn't his role. I this is this is an investment in the future for me because uh, I the Bucks are going to be bad one way or the other. I, I might as well pick pick 
a guy that's going to help the, the stars that I'm going to get eventually. All right, and now, uh, Vince, you are up again with the Philadelphia 76ers. In the ninth pick, and you know what? Um, in, a, in, a couple, in a few years, we're going to have Allen Iverson, which is going to truly change uh, the, the, yep. the fortunes of the Sixers franchise for while he's there. Ex-Piston Allen Iverson, my first year covering the Pistons. Uh, that was the big trade to happen. Happened four games into my Pistons tenure. Uh, I remember the day vividly. Uh, I was in Charlotte when that really trade happened. Ten years earlier. <laughs> yes, exactly. But enough digression. I don't know how it's going to work. I guess I'm getting Alabama guys. I'm going Robert Ory there okay. at nine. Uh, again, Robert Ory is a guy, you know, well-known for seven championship rings, as my boss kept telling me in his emails. Uh, but no all-star appearances, but known for a lot of clutch shots. So he somehow was able to uh, insert his name into NBA history because he was there for a lot of pivotal moments, but he never really was <laughs> – his right. game was didn't really live up to his place in the NBA history. And I think Keith would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So six foot ten, Steve Kerr. Um, uh, yeah, when, when you average seven points a game and, and, uh, and you're known for being a – like – Robert Ory's biggest accomplishment was, look, I give you credit for hitting all those clutch. Because, look, it takes a certain type of, of player to be able to make those shots over and over again. That, that is a quality. However, if, if he doesn't play his whole career alongside Elijah Wan and Shaq and Tim Duncan, uh, he's never in that position uh, for the first three. Like, a team has to put you in that position. I had to explain that um, to my boss. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'll tell you this though. Other than and I'm look, I, I looked at the board as soon as you picked him. Other than the Orlando Magic, I don't see a better fit on him for him long term uh, than the Sixers. Uh, and we got to think of him as a young player. A young player. People thought he might become like a taller Scottie Pippen. Um, he, he he was a good defender. Uh, he did have skill, uh, but you know, um, he uh, he definitely kind of kind of became known for basically making big shots as it, yeah. that was his nickname big shot bob so um uh i just think the board just says he fits and you know he's gonna be a glue guy when you get alan iverson in a few games yeah. years. detroit piston for a day alan iverson quite literally <laughs> uh I, yeah so uh, i still would have rather have had him than sean elliott i just want to make that clear oh yeah. boy so <laughs> Not a Sean Elliott guy, huh? No, his Sean Elliott hate is, is, is as someone that renowned. was a, as a young Pistons fan in '94. That is still the least watchable Pistons team of my lifetime, and yeah, I would, I would have, I was so happy when they traded him. I, I, I so Keith, and I was so uh, disappointed when. They had to how do you respond back. to the people who get in your mitches and say that Robert Ory's a Hall of Famer? Uh, look, he he's one of the most unique players in NBA history because he's had he's had more clutch moments than any role player ever. How do you respond to those people? You're coming with a qualifier. How do you respond to people who think he should be an Well, that's player? all. It's his whole career as a qualifier, though. That's the thing. <laughs> because it's entirely dependent on who the guys he was playing with. Like, if he goes to the Clippers, no one cares about Robert Ory. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, we should be able to give him credit without putting him in the hall of fame you can do both things i'm sorry i don't that's like a that's like an example of that shows me you don't know anything about basketball if you think you should call fame 
and I tell them that. Oh, okay. That's what okay. I tell them. That's what I say. All right. Go uh, away. I think yeah, you should go into the hall just because of his feud with Danny Ainge, but that's just me. Hey, I did actually look at that video earlier. It is still hilarious. It is. <laughs> oh, did he slap him in the face with a towel? Yeah. yeah. And it was calculated. It was smart because two days later he was, was the funny. Lakers. Oh my God. That was one of the greatest moves of his whole career. Yes. <laughs> that literally saved him. That, that was That's the one time I've ever seen a player hit a coach with something. That actually was great for the player. That was the best idea. <laughs> it worked out amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. Like there's still people today that think that that was staged just to give them an excuse to trade. You know, him. I tell you what. I, I as someone who covered the league for 12 years, you know, <laughs> I would put it past Robert Ory to say, you know what, I'm out of here. And let me try to figure out something to do it. Boom. <laughs> All right. So Mike. Uh, we are we are circling around again. Uh, yep. The Atlanta Hawks featuring Dominique Wilkins coming off an Achilles tear. Uh, you and, and Kevin Willis. So this is actually a, a legitimate playoff team. Uh, this is the first like legitimate playoff team that's picked so far. So you're up. Well, uh, you actually get, have holes to fill finally. Yes, this uh, this this legitimate playoff team is not going to be together much longer. Uh, you know, uh, in a couple of years. Dominique Wilkins is going to get traded to the Clippers. Kevin Willis is going to get shipped off to Miami, and uh, and, and and we're going to Kevin be a, a Smith though. Like they, they they give a now player for Kevin Willis though they get Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But we but but a but a big man, a big man would be nice. A, a forward uh, to come off the bench to fill in is going to be nice because right now we've got Greg Foster, uh, Dwayne Farrell, Andre Spencer, uh, Alex Strivens. Uh, and Jeff Sanders. It's not that great. We, we need some help uh, off that bench. So I'm going to go with uh, Southern Mississippi's Clarence Weatherspoon here. Uh, another guy that is longevity. I like it. Played 13 years in the league. Uh, averaged a career 11 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds. Um, you know, decent defensive uh, defensive player. Uh, I like it coming off the bench. Maybe, you know, he, he, he really put up some, some bigger numbers earlier on in his career as a small forward before he kind of got changed over to being a power forward. Uh, maybe, maybe we keep him as a small forward here. And, uh, after we moved Dominique Wilkins here, uh, in a year and a half, he can come in and, and get that 18 points a game, uh, that he was getting in Philly there in the early years. So Weatherspoon to the Hawks. Yeah, good old uh, baby Barkley. Um, yeah, I think the worst thing he could have had could have happened was him going to the Sixers right after they had traded Charles because those comparisons started immediately. And Clarence was actually a legitimately good role player for a number of years, but yeah, everyone put that Barkley uh, comparison on him, and it just kind of weighed him down in Philadelphia. I, I kind of felt bad for him. Uh, that, that's uh, not the worst though. There's another guy who in this draft who got a much worse comparison. Yeah, but he's not getting pick though so yeah um all right so the number 11 pick uh is me and i'm also uh picking i'm actually picking for a future champion the houston rockets coming off of missing the playoffs they are team turmoil right now but nobody knows uh that they're about to turn it all around have a great season and then parlay that into a championship in another year uh so who who best to springboard that situation and man, I don't have Robert Ory to pick here. Uh, so, 
who is who is my next like glue guy that can hit come in and, and hit a clutch three? I, I am going to go a little bit off base here. I'm gonna select Walt Williams, the wizard out of uh, Maryland, I believe. Uh Walt Williams, uh another guy I thought had a little bit too much pre-draft hype. Uh found his niche later on in the NBA as a uh really as a can do everything type player could uh, could handle a little bit could pass uh, could real could really shoot the ball uh okay defender uh, i i think he's perfect for the type of things that Houston would need from him uh not robert ory good uh but he will hit a, i i have faith in him hitting a clutch three every now and then uh off of an Elijah on double team so I don't love this pick, but to me, I think he fits. He checks all the boxes that I need for this young, uh, improving Rockets team. Okay, so uh, the number 12 pick uh, is goes to the Miami Heat. And once again, uh, Vince is on the clock. Okay, um, I'm going to go with, I got to get some shooting. So I'm gonna go Hubert Davis. Ooh. I was either him or John Barry. Yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna go with. Even I also thought shooting. about Tracy Murray as well. Uh all yeah, three fine shooters. Uh, yeah. but you know what? I'm gonna go with Hubert Davis, knockdown shooter, um, shot a little bit better from three than the other two other two guys. So, also some pretty solid teams. Uh, now the coach of North Carolina, great college player. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Hubert Davis at number twelve to the Miami Heat instead of Harold Miner. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Jordan. Baby Jordan. Oh my God! Uh, the poor, hype, the hype that around him over winning a dunk contest. That was like the the singular moment. I think the very first moment where all the basketball fans took a step back and say, okay, maybe winning the dunk contest isn't like a predictor of future stardom. Because before that, it was just like all the stars were, were in it. So we, you know, we, we remember Jordan and, and Dominique winning the dunk contest and, and all of a sudden Harold, little Harold Minor comes in and wins it. And we're like, we're, we're equating that to greatness. And it wasn't, it was just like, Hey, you're, you're a dunk exhibitionist. Um, yeah, like, all that. <laughs> yeah, like my, I, I still remember my, my, my evaluation to him, even as a, like a kid. Like to this day, he could get his shot off anytime he wanted to, but it never went in. <laughs> Fantastic athlete. He could get not, to any spot he wanted to. He just yeah. never, it just never went in. He just, he just never went through the basket. All right, so. um all right, so as we recycle, uh, we cycle back one one final time uh, for the thirteenth pick. Uh, Mike, you are up. It is the Denver Nuggets who are back in uh, back into the first round via the Drazen Petrovic trade from a year before. I am uh, really going back and forth here um, between two guys uh, and. And both are oft injured players. Um, I've just just as a refresher, you already have Christian Leitner uh, that I've drafted for you earlier. Yes, we have Christian Leitner on the team. Um, 
Well, okay. Well, if that's the case, then I guess that makes my decision a little bit easier. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Arkansas's Todd Day, and uh, I'm going to hope that he he does not get hurt and uh, and you know basically shatter his career. But early on in Milwaukee, he was he was kind of a like he was really looking good. Like he kept he kept getting better every single year. Uh, maxed out at like 16 points a game was a good shooter there for a minute. And then just kind of, you know, things went downhill. He got traded to Boston. Uh, his, he started getting injured and then wind up playing in the CBA. And then it just, it was just never the same. And he was kind of older too. When, once he got drafted, but uh, I, I think that if you, if you bring him to the nuggets, maybe things get a little bit better. Todd day to the nuggets. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't really say anything of that. That is an entire potential pick that hoping this is one of our, our quintessential. We're hoping his situation improves his career type <laughs> picks. I, I do remember Todd Day was an enormous wing. I remember that about him. Uh, but yeah, he just, he couldn't get his, uh, his career on track. He just kept going from place to place. Um, all right. So the 14th pick, uh, the Indiana Pacers who are bound for bigger and better things, uh, in the nineties. And, and it's weird because the best player on my board right now is Malik Sealy, who the pace is actually drafted here, but I know it's not going to work out for him in Indiana because they already have Reggie Miller. He's not going to get, you know, his playing time. So I need to go for fit rather than uh, talent here. And I am going to go Lafonso Ellis out of Notre Dame and Lafonso Ellis, who his talent is honestly, it, it, he, he's actually got top, probably top six, seven talent in this draft. Uh, a little bit undersized power forward, but explosive as hell. Uh, he, he was one of the more fun uh, players to watch his, his years in Denver, but he just, he got injured so quickly. He had a very short career, but for an Indiana team that is looking to win now, well, I should say the next season, they're, they're going to be a perennial conference finals team. I think he adds the athleticism up front that they lacked. I think he adds the the finishing that they lacked, uh, the the offensive punch uh, in the front court. Other than Rick Smiths, they didn't really have that with uh, with those Pacers teams. I, I think even if his career is kind of short, I think he could elevate them just a little bit and maybe help them get over the hump uh, that they could never get over in the nineties. All right, so. The, the very last pick before our ceremonial pick uh, belongs to uh, Mr. Vince Ellis, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe this is the first time they are in our redraft at number 15. Uh, they are they're expecting to get Magic Johnson back. They are not. Uh, so th- th- this is kind of like team, not disarray. They're a playoff team, just barely. But they're in bad need of some... Uh, some young younger talent to develop. You know, I could go any number of ways with this pick. Um, I could go Anthony Peeler. I could go Don McLean, who you referenced earlier. Uh, but you know what, though? I'm thinking this is a really awful point guard draft. <laughs> it's like, no, and going it through is. this list, and like literally there was one true point guard taken. Lee Mayberry out of Arkansas. And you know what? Because I liked him as a player in college, even though his pro career really didn't amount much, I'm going to take Lee Mayberry at number 15. 
I just realized, is that the first point guard that we've taken? Yes, there's it no is. other point guard. There is no other one. I guess you call, you call Walt Williams draft. point guard. Walt Williams, maybe, maybe a combo well, yeah, guard. Not, he was more of a he was a point forward type. More yeah, of the exactly. But like a key point guard. Be, yeah, Latrell like, Sprewell is. I mean, sorry. Uh, 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 what's his name? The guy just said uh, Lee Mayberry is it? Wow. Oh, I just until now it just hit me. This is the worst point guard draft I've ever seen. Yeah. It's horrible. It's, it's pretty bad. There you wasn't a, there wasn't an actual point guard taken. Picking a point guard and the first one off the board is Lee Mayberry. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. And that he was... went freaking twenty fourth, third. Yeah, I'm not sure who went. Who was the actual first point guard taken? In this Rand, Randy Woods to the Clippers at sixteen. That's right. Randy Woods. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, because he he only played a few years. <clears throat> my goodness. Okay, so that was. That 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 is a note that even I didn't uh, see coming. All right, so we we've done our our redraft, uh, but as as we do, uh, every every time that uh, Mike and I finish up, we do a if the Pistons hadn't selected yet, we do a ceremonial pick, a fictional trade where the Pistons trade for the next pick in the draft, and we try to pick a specific uh, player from the rest of the the board. Uh, for them so let's say that the pistons you know trade whatever for the the they trade dennis rodman and get the the 16th pick in this draft um it's a bad trade who 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 would be the best player uh for this 92 93 pistons team still a very old team no young players whatsoever just the 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 holdovers from the bad boys orlando woolridge and i think alvin robertson well, yeah, I, I I have a guy. Or uh, just as old as they are, they just didn't win anything. <laughs> I I I have one guy in mind. Uh, I, I the only guy in mind for me. But I'm just I'm just asking you guys. You guys have anything in mind? I do. I've got a man. So do I, Vince. Uh, I'm gonna let you guys see what you guys say. Okay. Um, okay. All right, Mike. I'll go first. All right. I'm going to go with uh, uh, former Denver Nugget legend, Bryant Stith. Uh, I, I like Brian, uh, or Bryant, sorry, uh, because like. This thing wanted him a number of years. He was a guy that like, he stuck with that Nuggets team, man. He just, he just, he just stuck around forever until they were like, you know, are you got to leave Bryant? But he was a decent player, at, at, you know, especially in the early years. Uh, you know, this guy was getting like 14, 15 bucks uh, uh, points a game and, uh, you know, could get you some rebounds, could do a little bit of stealing, could do, you know, he was a decent defender. Yeah. He, he's a good role player. And and the Pistons going forward, get, they're going to get Allen Houston and Lindsey Hunter next year and then Grant Hill the year after that. A guy off the bench like Bryant Stith would really, really help them. Yeah, the um, – you. you... And that's another thing I mentioned before how deep this draft was like, this is by far the most talent that we've had. And we're drafting a pick later than we normally do for the Pistons. Uh, like there, there's so many, like David Wesley, who, I mean, that guy was the starter, like a sniper for, for most of the nineties. We're not even going to mention his name. Uh, Malik Seeley, who I thought was the best player, most talented player on the board, like three picks ago. Stacy, uh, shout out to, I'm sorry. Stacy Patterson. No, Malik Seeley. No, uh, Stacy Patterson. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It took me a second. 
Uh, so yeah, shout out to Malik Sealy, rest in peace. Um, yes. but I, you look, you picked with your your head. I'm gonna pick with my heart. I'm gonna go with John Barry. Uh, okay, you're gonna do it yeah. about ten years early. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make him like a a piston for life instead of a piston for two years. Right. Um, look, I don't think anything is going to get this, this 93 Pistons team into the playoffs. They're just too old, disgruntled, and they're, they're going to get, you know, that team was just injured as all hell. They, they were I probably think, a playoff team. They were healthy. I think Shaq is the only guy on this, in this draft who could have changed the forces of that team. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, they, they were, they were just out of the playoffs this year. I think they right. missed it by one or two games, but, but it was because, you know, their guys couldn't stay healthy. I think I, I mentioned this before a long time ago. I think Rodman missed like. 26 games and they were like eight and 20 or something in the games that he didn't play. And they were like 12 games above 500 when he did, like, it was really weird, but look, John Barry, uh, every, every Piston fan that was around 20 years ago, uh, remembers and loves John Barry. Uh, his, his ceiling, I think was hard capped by the fact he was small and he was smallish and he was kind of slow and he couldn't really guard anyone, but man, how fun was he just not just one of the great, uh, shooters like off the bench that you could ever ask for great passer uh dove on the floor all the time just a, a crowd favorite i i think he would inject a little bit of life into i think what is going to be a lifeless couple of years for the pistons just just kind of somber i i think he would actually be a, a crowd pleaser so i'm, I'm going to pick john barry even though i fully admit he's not the most uh talented player left on this board anthony peeler <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's there's a very strong argument for Anthony Peeler. I just if, if you're going to be bad, at least be fun bad. I think John Barry is more fun than Anthony Peeler. Shoot, why not? Ha- why not Harold Miner? At least you can get a couple of nice ducks every. Day. Yeah, I like it. Harold Miner wasn't good though. John Barry was legitimately good. Like I'm not playing right, him because he is like, for true. some applause. Like Harold Miner uh, couldn't get it. He couldn't play for really a bad appreciate hand. John Barry. I mean, obviously they would appreciate him when he was part of the alternators, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm picking with my heart. I realize that. Yeah, uh, but just, I, I think just, this is a situation where those early with your 2000 heart. Pistons still live on in your heart, man. They, they do, they do. All right, so and that wraps up our 1992 redraft. Uh, this was our very first experience with a a guest picker, and we've got we've got guests coming up uh, with our redrafts for the rest of the year, really. So awesome. This was a really yeah, this is a really good first run for us. I, I really enjoyed having you, Vince. This was actually – this went off uh, way better than I thought it would. Uh, so, I, I yeah, I, I want you to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on with us. Uh, you've given us some really, really interesting insight. I, Thanks, I, guys. I, Thanks for having me. I do have I do have one thing to ask you before you get out of here, Vince. Sure. Uh, now, you went to Alabama. You were at Alabama during this time. There were three Alabama – uh, local Alabama players that got drafted out of this draft. Sprewell, Ori. Do you know the third? Steve Rogers from Alabama State. And do you have any Alabama, St- Steve Rogers, Alabama State stories at all? Probably not. No. <laughs> I, I used I to think go so. to the Alabama State uh, Tuskegee uh, Turkey Day Classic. Uh, two historic, uh, historically black colleges. Um, they have their, their annual, you know, Rival that their annual big game was on Thanksgiving every year in Montgomery, Alabama. Went to that many times, but I couldn't tell you much else about Alabama State outside of that. Okay. Well, this guy was not Captain America, although he shared the same name. But 
Uh, as Keith mentioned, that's going to do it for the 1992 NBA draft. Again, Vince, thank you for uh, for coming on our show today. Do, do you have anything you'd like to uh, plug before we get out of here? No, I don't really know how. I'm not really in the business of plugging. Um, I know if you want to see some of my work every now and then, something from pisses.com will pop up there, but it's always in the philanthropic business development, um, ownerships type stuff. So I don't know if the listeners to this pod will necessarily find that stuff all that interesting, but I do pop up on there from time to time. So, all right. Well, next week we are going to have on a uh, another guy who Vince is probably familiar with on the Pistons beat with the 1993 draft. We're going to be bringing on Rod Beard from the Detroit News to help us uh, go Start through writing. that. Start writing. Start, Start writing. writing. Yep. That's <laughs> the, the, the most Detroit of all drafts. I, Definitely. I think about Rod every Sunday when I'm covering the Lions uh, because I know that I, it's time to start writing, usually around, the third, writing. usually around the third quarter. But <laughs> uh, This past week, it was more late fourth quarter. So. Yeah, more late. Yeah, yeah right. Anyway, again, hey, guys, have a great evening. Yep, thanks, Vince. Thank you.